Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Norma Hollis, who's going to be talking to us today about authenticity and raising our vibrational frequencies and aligning our lives so we can live with uh, joy and happiness on a daily basis. Norma, welcome to the show. Peter, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. I'm always uh, interested in how uh, my guests have, have gone on to their spiritual journey, their, their quest, and uh, I know our listeners are always interested in that because many of them are just awakening to their own spiritual journey. So tell us a bit about how this began for you. Well, you know, I think I came to the planet on the spiritual journey because I have memories that actually go back to my very young childhood of being um, disappointed that my parents didn't see the world as I did at that, at that young age and kind of recognizing that the journey would be kind of tough. And then at the age of eight, I um, had a uh, really traumatic challenge with ear infections that were only resolved by a topical solution that felt like acid on the inside of my head. And that experience alone caused me to become very introspective. And I really think that that's where my journey began because the actual, uh, I had pain, earaches for two years. And the resolution of my earaches came when my Baptist minister grandfather prayed over my ear and said to me that I have something important to do to go through so much pain at a young age. And when the, the shots and the eardrops and the pills didn't stop the pain, but Grandpa's prayers did, I think that was really the start of my spiritual journey. <laughs> so, so I, you know, it's really important, this, this point about um, early childhood. And I, I know there are a lot of children in the world today who feel very much that their parents don't understand them and they don't, they don't see the world in the same way. So help our listeners understand a bit. What, what was that like in your, knowing what you knew in your early childhood and, and also being aware, really, that your parents didn't see and how, how you felt and managed that as a young child? It was um, extremely frustrating and very confusing. At the age, what happened at the age of two, my father tells the story that he was trying to teach me my name. And when he would say, your name is Norma, and then he would say, what is your name? And I would always say, my and he says, no, not my name, your name. Your name is Norma. And that's not what I was trying to tell him. I was trying to tell him the name that I remember being told to say before I came on the planet. And it was at that age that I realized, well, you know, it's going to be awfully, awfully hard. And after trying to fight with him to make him understand my name, you know, with the little language I had at age two, I finally gave up. And so for the next... Uh, with two, this is the next six years, were really very um, easygoing, and I just accepted the ways of the planet. But then at eight, when that ear thing came, and then I saw that they really didn't understand because they didn't even give me any therapy. They didn't even really help me understand what was going on. I mean, you know, they did the best they could for sure. 
but it did not meet my needs, and it just continued. And that caused me to get more introspective and more spiritual. And I used to tell my mother all the time, because she was great spirit personality, and I said, if she had a cause, you'd really be tough. But her cause really was, you know, the diamonds, and and then she was a, a teacher, and my dad was a dentist, and it was all about, you know, the friends and looking good. So it was very frustrating because nobody understood the depth that I was coming from and made me feel like an outcast in many ways, and it really took me decades to get over that. Yeah. So how, tell us how it all developed to where you are now. Well, you know, I think uh, part of it is the, the direction that I was receiving. Um, I've always been hearing some voices within me and believing in them, and I think those voices became very prominent at the age of eight because I remember when they came and I tested them to see who they were and all that, and you know, we came to an understanding, and they've kind of led me and guided me, um, you know, throughout my entire life. And I've just I kind of allowed that to happen and allowed that to be um, my, my guiding post. And it, it hasn't proven wrong at all. And, and do you know who they are? Well, you know, um, I've always wondered. At one point, I thought it was, I've always called it God. Uh, at one point, maybe about two or three years ago, maybe longer than that, I used to uh, think that it was energies from the goddess Ma'at from ancient Egypt. I have a lot of ancient Egypt connections. And uh, about 20 years ago, I started calling myself Norma Ma'at. So my name was Norma Thompson, Norma Jean Thompson. I always said that my parents had called me Norma Ann Thompson. I'd be Norma, uh, Norma Ma'at, you know, R-M-A-A-T. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then just recently, maybe just a few months ago, I was very adamant with them, and I said, okay, look, you know, everybody else seems to know who's talking to them. I want to know who's talking to me, so will you please reveal that? And the, what was revealed to me about, about six weeks later was I was led by another friend that leads me to important books in my life and led me, told me to look at the book Bringers of the Dawn, which I had not heard of. And that's when I read about the Pleiadians. Now, I've, the, the word Pleiadian never really resonated with me, but when I listened to the audio book, Almost everything that they said sounded like my life, and I've never met anyone in in my long journey. I've had people that respect me and they, you know, hear what I'm saying and they, I guess, humor me in some ways. But I've never heard anyone actually give accounts of what has been an account of my life. So um, one of my goddaughters years ago told me that we were from the planet Sirius, and I understand that that's part of it's related to the Pleiades. So. I don't know. I guess when I say serious, it kind of has a, a resonation within me. So that's all I can guess at this point. And the serious, the dog star, has a huge connection to Egypt and the Orion Belt connection to the, to the Egyptian pyramids. So that would make uh, good sense. So well, from, it makes sense, from, too, because I'm also a labyrinth facilitator. I even design labyrinths, and I, I actually have memories of, 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 of my soul's existence during Egypt's time. So you just may have helped me to resolve one of my riddles. Thank you. <laughs> that's, part of my, that's, part of my, that's part of my job. So, so well, what you're a, doing your job quite well. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so what, what have you, uh, in, in terms of your journey, and we'll come, we'll come to your present work in a minute, but what, what, what is it about the Egyptian uh, aspect of you that you feel is significant in your life today? Well, um, the issue of labyrinths is very significant. I, uh, when I was living in Detroit, and I've been, I left Detroit in 1979, but there was a necklace that I saw a couple of years before I, I left, and it just, it just, I had to buy it. And it was a round, circular thing with 
with, like, you know, in a sense it's a labyrinth, but it had, not, not the labyrinth past, but it had the spirals that are kind of in the labyrinth. And I figured I'll figure it out later. Um, I then, in my research, um, when I first found labyrinths, I ended up being in the first training class with Lauren Artris um, back in the late 90s. And um, I also started designing labyrinths. And so I ended up designing one that connected the ancient Egyptian pattern with the uh, Middle Ages pattern, which is so popular now. So part of my memory of my, I have memory of being a male with a black, I mean a brown uh, kind of ca- uh, cap on, and I'm actually doing statistical uh, calculations uh, for labyrinths. So some, and then the issue with my ear when I was age eight, there's a labyrinth in the ear. So this was just, you know, there's, I've had so many synchron, synchronistic connections, many connected with physical parts of my body that have led to confirmations about my purpose uh, as it relates to Egypt, the labyrinth. Uh, I work on authenticity, and that's another uh, huge part of it because the labyrinth connects with authenticity. When you're walking a labyrinth, you're walking into your inner self. You're walking into your authentic self. You're connecting with your authenticity. So that's where the connection is. It's a different manifestation of the same thing about being the person who you were born to be. So as we're on the topic of labyrinths, let, let, let's expand on that, and, and perhaps you could explain t- to our listeners the significance of the labyrinth as a, as a, as a tool to work with. Yes, yeah, so the labyrinth is, I refer to it as a spiritual walking meditation tool. And people sometimes refer to labyrinths as mazes, a maze, but actually the maze, a maze is an opposite of a labyrinth, where a maze is a confusing path where every step you take, you're not sure where it's going to lead. A labyrinth is one long path that is twisted uh, that if you follow the path, you will get to the center and it will lead you out. It's a metaphor for your journey through life. In life, we never know what the next step is going to bring us, but we have to trust and walk in faith by putting one foot in front of the other that we will get to our destination, to our journey. As we're walking into a labyrinth, we are shedding our concerns of this planet, what the things we're dealing with, relationships, money, you know, whatever it is that's bothering us. When we get to the center, we're considered in union with God, where we connect with our spirit on a deeper level, and we can stop and pray and meditate, and oftentimes we are getting answers. And then as we walk out, following the same path that we walked in, it's said that our spirit then gets clues and direction of what our next steps are. And all we have to do then, again, is trust the process, trust the steps, and walk the path. That's beautiful. And how would, how would the Egyptian labyrinth uh, compare to the medieval, say, Chartres Cathedral-type labyrinth, which is quite well, well known? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. The information that I have is that the uh, labyrinths surrounded were around the pyramids, and where the Middle Ages... Uh, labyrinth is a flat surface, and I have one myself that I've painted on canvas that I can travel with and, uh, you know, places where I speak and what have you. But the one in Egypt years ago, uh, many ago, was walls, and you walked through it rather than on it. And what I understand is that you dressed in white, and you were sprinkled with water, and every time you made a turn, you meditated on a different concept, like love or peace or over rather than understanding, and the different things that really those of us with the vibration that we're talking with really would like to see on the planet. 
uh, we've moved from a society that had all that to a society that you know now can hardly find it in many in many places. But that's the evolution. So the labyrinth that I des- designed has the combination of both. It has the uh, actually the spiral one on the outside and this more square one on the inside. And I want to just make one more comment about the labyrinths and spirals because uh, people often ask, well, how do labyrinths work? How do they connect you more closely with spirit? How, how does it work? And it's, so the secret has to do, with what, from what we know, with the spirals. Because if you look at God's planet, there are spirals everywhere. The Milky Way is spiral. Our brain is spiral. Our uh, intestines are spiral. Our DNA is spiral. And right now we're talking about you know, our DNA is being, being accelerated. So there's an acceleration, evidently, in walking and walking these spirals. Even when they had the square one, you still were walking spiral-type paths. So somewhere in there is where the magic is and where things happen. We're just coming up to our first break, Norm. This has been a great uh, launching pad for our discussion today, and I'm really interested in terms of uh, this concept of the, of the labyrinth being having a three-dimensional aspect to it because many of the structures in our school system we've been inculcated to believe that everything is flat and two-dimensional, where in fact it isn't, it's multidimensional. Yeah. So it's a really important, even, even the labyrinth you walk in the medieval times has sides to it, which people don't tend to understand. So yeah. we'll return with Norma Hollis in a moment. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. Just want to remind you to go to my website, www.petertung.com. Uh, my latest newsletter is now there, and uh, we're talking about the incredible work that we were involved in in our workshops uh, in Taurus and the solar eclipse uh, ceremony that we did. And also www.myheartcenterjourney.com. Uh, we have an Ambassadors of Light class tomorrow evening at 5.30, where I'll be talking about the latest uh, energetic updates and also some of the experiences of the last week or so, which included me having a return visit with the 
alchemist um, up north in British Columbia, which is always a fascinating experience. And talking about the labyrinths and the alchemy, I have my guest Norma Hollis on today. We're going to be talking eventually about authenticity. But Norma, just before the break, I was mentioning about the nature of the labyrinth being multidimensional. And I know that's an important part of your uh, awakening too. So just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, when I was um, 28, I was uh, really very, very confused uh, behind having taken antibiotics regularly for ear infections and what that was doing to my body and my brain and and leaving my parents' um, nest, if you will, uh, and their view of the world, which was very, I guess, two-dimensional. Like I mentioned, my mother had a cause, you know, that would have had a third dimension to her, but that wasn't, you know, she was really indoctrinated into the um, the physical uh, society. Um, so by the age of 28, which is a time when we're all going through a lot of confusion, what I decided to do was dissect myself. And what I found was rather than this person that my parents led me to believe I was, I found nine different dimensions of myself. And I began to um, align them with the planets to see how the planets uh, impacted me and get some understanding of that. I began to study about Freud and about human development and uh, our, our, our psychological state. I combined what I learned in my degree. I, you know, interestingly enough, that my challenge at two uh, led me to a college degree in early childhood. So that taught me a lot about human development. So I added all of these things together and did a lot more research and developed a matrix to uh, understand myself and recognize that I had, that I, I did see nine parts of myself, nine distinct different energies, uh, dimensions, if you will, that live within me. And that ended up being the foundation for uh, for my, my life's work, if not, not just my life's work, my soul's work, because I've actually traced my soul's journey back through ancient Egypt. And I can see the continuum of the work that, that I have been assigned to do from way back in Egypt time, you know, to where it, to where it has developed to where it is right now. Wow. So that was, that was a pretty, pretty significant part of your whole journey. And you talk about aligning as part of the work that you do, and you talk about aligning with the planet. So just talk about that alignment. Well, the, um, the alignment, um, the program, the, the process that I have uncovered that helps people to raise their vibration is uh, three really important steps to, 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 the, to the vibration piece. And the first is authenticity. And authenticity, and this is, again, the evolution of those nine things, uh, energies that I found within myself. So interestingly enough, the matrix that I did at age 28 to define myself at 48 turned into a labyrinth with the same basic pattern and then turned into the authenticity grid, which is the foundation of the authenticity alignment and vibrational work. And basically what I refer to is that these nine energies I refer to as nine vibrational energies or nine dimensions that every human being has within them. That, and I, I break them up into inner parts and outer parts and expressive parts. And essentially, I help people through an assessment find out which of those nine dimensions are out of sync. And once they find that out and then do the workbooks to bring those in sync, then the second step is the alignment step. And that's where you're working on bringing all nine of those energies 
to a very similar level so that you have alignment. And alignment is so important now as the planets are alignment. I mean, we're what, finishing up Venus transit today. And yeah. as the planets are aligning themselves and moving towards the alignment in December 21st, to me it's important that we align ourselves as well. We know that through astrology the planets affect us. So if, they, if it's important enough for them to align, it ought to be important enough for us to consider it as well. So let's go back, um, just give us a little bit more insight into what you mean by inner, outer, and expressive. Yes, when I um, began to examine myself and myself in the world, what I found were that there were three basic voices that I had. I call them voices now. I think I called them more energies then. And I also call them pillars because they're pillars of who we are and who we can become. And the first pillar is the inner part, which I call the inner voice. And that's the voice that nobody hears but us. It's our own private GPS system that we talk a lot about when we talk about spirituality and, and connecting and manifesting and co-creating. And what I found is that there's three different energies that make up our inner voice. One is our intuition, which is how we listen and trust. The second is our integrity, and that's the value that we put on what we're listening to. And the third is our inspiration, which is the degree to which we use our drive, which we're moved to do something about what we are told intuitively to do. And that represents the inner voice. It's the foundation of being authentic. It's the foundation, really, of who we are. It's our connection with our God source. It's our connection with the person that we were born to be. And that's the first voice, the inner voice. The second voice is the outer voice. And the outer voice represents us on the planet and how people perceive us. And, you know, the reality is that people make judgments on us when they put their eyes on us. They're either judging us from what they see as our health status, meaning what do we look like, our height, our color, our, our health, our, our size, you know, whatever. Um, or they're making judgments on us by the people that we're around, which is our network, the people that we associate with or they're making judgments on us by what they consider to be our net wealth or our abundance. And those three are our outer voice. Now, alignment occurs and authenticity is stronger when the inner voice and the outer voice give the same message. When we are confident enough to allow ourselves to be to the outer world what our inner voice is saying to us. And so that's a major step that I help people to do see where they're at in their inner voice and outer voice, look at whether or not it is aligned, and give them workbooks to bring up any dimension that might need to be raised to be more in alignment. So, Norman, I'll just say... Let me just finish this one. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Alignment comes when you also uh, include the expressive voice, which is the third voice. And the three components and dimensions of the expressive voice are first legacy, which refers to your gifts and talents, and by legacy, people think often of the legacy you leave to your heirs. And by legacy, I'm talking about the legacy that was given to you when you came to the planet, the gifts and talents that you were born with. The second part of the expressive voice is likability, which is your personality. Which of your personalities is most authentic that is best to share with the world? And then the third one is your lifestyle, how you live your life from day to day, your habits. And the goal of raising your vibration of the entire program I have is to, is to find out which of these nine dimensions is least effective for you. 
where is your energy out of sync? Go to the workbooks and the audios to raise your authenticity in that area, and then look at all of the workbooks to raise your, your alignment in all nine, and then that's going to raise your vibration. And raising your vibration gives you a whole new view of yourself in the world. So one of the things that I'm coming up against in uh, the sessions that I do, Norma, right now is, is what you've just described, which is in a conflict of uh, the inner and the outer where people are sort of feeling trapped in, let's say, a relationship, a marriage, a work, whatever it is, because that's where they think their security comes, but they know intuitively and their real integrity doesn't lie with the way in which they're behaving, which is fitting other people's expectations of them. So just talk about that a little bit. Well, that's so true, and we all fall to that frequently because on the planet, you know, our human side, you know, we need acceptance, you know, we need finances, you know, we need food, we need all of these things. And oftentimes uh, when our vibrations are at a lower level, then we focus on these outer voice things and make them more important than the things that will raise our vibration. So essentially when I find people that are having that type of conflict, I generally probe till I find where their, where their button is. And by button, I mean those things that they have the, most, uh, the strongest reaction to when I ask the question or they're most resistant to answer. And generally that, in that lies uh, an answer as to where they're out of sync. And um, oftentimes I find with people that the out of sync place is an in intuition and in their ability to hear what they're saying to themselves. All of us have some residue from childhood, whether it's a parent telling us we weren't worthy or weren't smart enough or a teacher or, you know, generally well-meaning people in our lives that may have just said something, in, you know, in happenstance that might have um, resonated with us and stayed with us. And so moving above that and understanding that most people are doing the best they can at, at all times and, and just having a different view of that, changing the self-talk that may have uh, been uh, programmed as a result of that. Someone said to you, you know, you did an awful job, and you say to yourself, yeah, I did an awful job, whether you mean it or not, and then you end up saying that over and over and over again. So recognizing that self-talk and that self-response and then modifying that, I find is one of the greatest ways, the most effective ways that people have of moving beyond some of that. So in moving beyond, what, what have you discovered are the biggest barriers to people making that move? Well, I think it's recognizing it uh, because in, to, in order to hear yourself talk and self-response, you kind of have to listen to yourself in between your talking. And most people are so busy talking or so busy feeling that they're not listening or they're so busy when they jump into the car, you know, the music is on and that's swarming and, and, and filling up all the spaces and the gaps in their brain. And what I'm suggesting is to just get quiet and to listen. People ask me oftentimes, you know, how, I, how do you know that it's the right voice? And how do you recognize the voice that's speaking? So my answer to that, number one, is to uh, listen to the point that you can um, – mm, I had a thought that just left me for a moment, and it will come right back in a minute because I talk about this all the time. But <laughs> I remember when, when, when the voices first started talking to me when I was eight years old, 
and I wasn't sure if it was the right voice or not. And what I said to the voice is, if you're the right voice that I should be speaking to, then you must be pretty powerful because you got my attention. So in the next week, show me somebody with red socks, and let me see somebody else. Uh, this somebody else mentioned the word elephant in a conversation. And every time I would ask that, that would happen. And that got me clearer on the voice and to trust it. And um, the part that I had forgotten a second ago was to say to people that I know everyone that's listening has an intuitive nature. Sometimes we don't know how to recognize that nature. And if people would just recognize how they answer themselves when they ask questions like, what shall I wear today? Or I'm hungry, what am I going to eat? And people get answers every day to those questions. And sometimes the answer comes as a thought or a feeling or a taste in your mouth or a memory. And look at how that comes, and that's a clue to how your voice speaks to you. So you see how the voice speaks, and then once you know how the voice speaks, then you ask it to give you some confirmation, and then you have some greater clarity to create a personal relationship with the voice that's speaking within you. So, Norma, we're actually coming up to our second break. Is a perfect time to take the break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Have with me today Norma Hollis, who's giving us a really interesting insight into living an authentic life. So, Norma, just tell our listeners how they can make contact with you if they're interested in your work. Well, I'd like to give them uh, two resources. Um, I'd love for people to uh, look at the product that I have put together that takes my 30 years of research and makes it into a very simple-to-understand process where people can find out. Uh, they'll take my authenticity assessment. They'll find out which of the nine dimensions they might have a need to raise their energy in. It will give them a personal prescription about how to raise their energy and get into alignment. 
and then it also helps them to raise their vibration. And that they can find at vibrationraising.com, vibrationraising.com. And then the other one is just my, is my regular website, which is normahollis.com, N-O-R-M-A-H-O-L-L-I-S, where people can join my newsletter, take, uh, join my free Tuesday evening uh, calls and classes, as well as be on my email list to learn about the tour I'm going to be doing this summer to share my message across the country. So you're on a traveling tour, or is it to one place? No, no, I'm traveling uh, East Coast. I'm definitely going to Detroit. I know for sure I'll be in Detroit, um, uh, Denver, San Antonio, Texas, Los Angeles. Uh, I'm working on New York, D.C., uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and Northern California. And there may be a few others uh, sprinkled in as well. Fantastic. So normahollis.com. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. So uh, let's go back to our discussion from before the break. We sort of talked a bit about the uh, conflicts that often arise between the, the inner and the outer. And so when we've started to manage that uh, in a way that we can begin to be aware of and understand, how does that then play out in the third set of dimensions you talked about, the expressive? Yes. Well, the expressive, you know, actually is the manifestation piece. If you look at the inner voice as being the true, the inner you, and the outer voice is being, you know, how you make your money or your job or, you know, your basic um, making the world, you know, working it in the world. The expressive voice is how you express yourself in the world. It's who you have become, who you can become. And the foundation of that is your gifts and talents. And these are the gifts and talents that you were born with. This is what I was privileged to be able to understand in my first 20 years of my first career in early childhood directing preschool programs and really seeing the gifts and talents that children, even from the same family, or even twins, that you know, there's a different um, a distribution. And as I've worked with this with corporate environments as well, and given my, some of my assessments to corporate groups, I help them to see that everybody in the room, I've done it in rooms of 300 people, and no two people have the same order of gifts. So it's based on eight basic gifts that are foundations that all of us have. And the question in the manifestation and expressive is how are you expressing your natural gifts and talents in the world? And then that's coupled with the likability one, which is all about your personality. And when you think about it, if you take a same um, topic and you say, like, for example, how do you feel today? And you have different personalities based on who you're talking to. So if it's, um, you know, your child, you might say, so how are you feeling today? You know, thinking about going to school. If it's your boss, it's, oh, how are you feeling today? If it's your lover, mm, how are you feeling today? So they're all different personalities, but they're still the same you. And so the likability part as far as authenticity and expressive voice is about identifying which of your personalities manifest the most effectively for you. People really like others who have great personalities. So it's just identifying that personality and allowing that to be the one that you show to the world most frequently. And then the final one is lifestyle, which has to do with your day-to-day habits. What, how, how have you... How are you integrating all of these other dimensions in a day-to-day way? So how does it show up in the morning when you get up in the morning, whether you hit your alarm clock many times or whether you're energetic about waking up on your drive home, your energy? So we find that tweaking, modifying, calibrating just one area in lifestyle can change everything. But the basic recommendation and prescription we have for people that get involved with our process is to find one, find one dimension – and make one change in one dimension and watch what it does. 
what it did for one girl named Tracy who had been obese for 40 years. She just made one change in that wellness, ended up losing 100 pounds in, in 11 months. And I've seen different changes in people, whether they've decided to listen to their voice or whether they've decided to be better friends with themselves or to use a better personality. Just that one little change, it's just amazing what it does for their life. So that's an, an important point to just exp, expand on in terms of living an authentic life because one of the issues, again, that, that I'm aware of in, in the work that I do is people may well have an understanding of uh, the shifts that need to be made but there's still a piece that needs to actually be embodied into their actual day-to-day living, living that life of authenticity. Right, and, then, and also it's not about changing all of you. And I, I don't even like to use the word change. I've been using the word tweak. So you just want to modify something in one part of your life, and it's not like an overhaul, but it's, it's, just, it's like a cone. If you look at a cone at the very bottom of the cone, you can make one small just tip out the bottom of the cone, everything else falls out. But also patch it up and everything else blossoms. So that's the, that's the concept. Just make, find, take the assessment, find the one thing you need to, to, to make the modification on, get the instructions to make the modification, make the modification, and watch your life blossom in ways that maybe you hadn't expe- expected. And then go back and find another dimension, change, modify one thing, and then watch it happen again. And as this continues to happen, you find yourself becoming more authentic, connecting more with who you are, being more comfortable with yourself. You find yourself becoming more aligned because now these nine energies have a, have, about, have a similar energy. And what that does is raise your vibration. So your whole understanding of yourself in life just raises to a higher level on the elevator and you see life differently. So one of the common comments I hear of people who are stepping into this more authentic self is a sense that the whole process is overwhelming. And what you're doing is breaking it down into much simpler steps. Yes. Well, anything that you try to consume as a whole is overwhelming. And, and it's, it's not destined for the greatest success because it's too much. You know, it took us years, decades, actually, to become who we are. The whole process of, of, of help to, helping to create our inauthenticity began before we even realized it, when we moved from preschool, which was the free-flowing classrooms, to the structure of kindergarten and first grade, that was a very first step in removing us from our authenticity, which was part of the structure we need in society, but it's also the part that caused us to become conformists. And some of us became conformists to the point that, you know, we're happy in our cubicles, not realizing that that box is, with, is holding us back from what the world has in store for us. Now, this work also uh, applies to the business world. Uh, so talk a bit about uh, how you've been involved in that. Yes, it does apply to the business world. Uh, the authenticity assessment that we have for uh, individuals, we also have for the corporate environment. And it looks at it differently. So where you have inner voice for the, for the individual, you have employee because the employee is the background, the foundation of an organization. So on an intuition, on the intuition level, are you really listening to what the employee is saying? Is your integrity such that the employee values are being respected? Are you inspiring your employees? So how is the energy working? The outer voice has to do with the organization itself and the expressive voice with the community and how are you integrating the community into the corporation. So we're doing this in many ways in terms of either of the individual dimensions, for example, uh, the teamwork. In fact, we changed all of the dimension titles in some way like legacy now for the corporate environment refers to talent management. 
and where net wellness refers to infrastructure. So there's a whole system that we have for that, that we're working with corporate uh, to help them to raise their vibration and create more alignment among employees because when employees have a, a shared vision, a shared purpose, and uh, are aligned with each other and can find some, something within each other's inner voice stories to align with, then people have a vested interest in each other, and it makes the work environment far more effective. So just give us an example of something you've seen change in, a, in an organization as a result of this work. Well, I have a group I've worked with in Phoenix uh, uh, for a while, and they have been systematically incorporating the different uh, perspectives. And the biggest thing that I'm told by the uh, CEO of the group is that they have, they're, they're experiencing far more respect for each other. And just because of the respect for each other, it's therefore more productive. The absenteeism has reduced. It just has created a better working environment. People are happier to come to work, and they stay longer, and, it's, and, it's, and there's less stress. The, the uh, CEO is having less personnel issues to have to deal with. And as a result of that, everybody in the company feels better, and the company itself does better. Absolutely. They've had great – I haven't talked to her in, a, in probably about six months or so, so I haven't gotten the latest uh, work, uh, uh, feedback from the work I did last, um, last fall with them. But um, over the course of the couple of years I've been working with them, yes, they have uh, – because of why I haven't heard of her, and they must be doing much, much better. But they um, are seeing tremendous results in, in the relationships. And, I mean, life's about relationships. So if we have better relationships at work, then we have less stress. You know, and that, I think – I think the work environment is probably the, where we could do the most uh, good in terms of the work that we do because people have to work and spend so many hours in the work environment. And if we can make that environment one that is more collaborative, then we have happier employees that live longer and are more productive, and, and it just makes everything uh, more fulfilling all the way around. Thank you, Norma. We're just coming up to our final break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. 
Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I've mentioned over the last few weeks the Sacred Sight Tour that we're leading to France with uh, myself and Finbar Ross in September. And I think there may just be one place left on that trip before it's full. So if you had any intention of, of going and want to still, please contact www.celticmysticaljourneys.com and read about the trip. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. And if you are interested, just uh, connect to Finbar through that site, CelticMysticalJourneys.com. So back to you now, Norma. And the title of the show today was Raise Your Vibration and Align Your Life. So I'd love to give you the opportunity about to talk about raising your vibration and what that means. Well, raising your vibration, I find, is uh, an important piece that will help people actually gain more um, comfort on the planet. I've often, all my life I've been told I'm different, and I've never understood really what that meant. And it's only been recently that I understand that what that has meant is that I, have, I came to the planet on a higher vibration than others. And, uh, and that gives me the ability to help others understand their vibration and then be able to raise it. And the biggest example I can give of what it means to raise your vibration is that, you know, imagine that you're dealing with an obstacle and um, you are on the ground floor uh, of a building and you're looking face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball at that obstacle. And, it's, it, and you can't get over it, under it, around it, and you just can't figure out what to do. And you're stuck in that, in that energy of what do I do. And then if you get into an elevator and let's say you go to the fifth floor, and you look down at that same problem that you saw when you eyeball to eyeball, all of a sudden it doesn't look quite as luminous, and you can actually see that you can rise above it, and it looks different, and you can evaluate it from a different level. And then if you get back in the elevator and go to the 10th floor or the 20th or 30th floor, all of a sudden that problem that was so huge before is so minuscule, and you have a whole different perspective of it, and it doesn't annoy you, it doesn't give you anxiety, all of a sudden either you have a solution or your whole perspective of it has shifted so it's not causing you the angst that it was causing you before. And that's what raising vibration means. It means having a brand new view of things. It means rising above it so it doesn't interfere with your ability to enjoy life. It helps you put things in perspective about what's really important. And that's the work that I do, help you to first connect with your authenticity within those nine dimensions. Secondly, align yourself so that all these nine dimensions are somewhat at the same level and then give you the formula for raising those vibrations so that it raises your, your, it raises, I'm sorry, raising those dimensions so it raises your vibrations. So you just have a, 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 just a calm and peace. So stuff, same stuff still happening. Same problem is still there, but you see it differently and it doesn't affect you quite the same way. So you're seeing it from a more detached point of view, actually. I'm sorry, say it again, please. You're seeing it from a more detached point of view. It, it, you are more detached. You know, I've, people have called me aloof for a lot of my life, and I think that's because I have had a bit of a detached. I don't get as emotionally. I mean, all these emotional stuff where people, you know, they're killing each other and they're getting upset and they're, everything's about emotions and not being able to control them. And those are people who are in lower vibrations that, that allow that physical, that outer voice stuff to rule. They're not letting the inner voice come in and give them the integrity and the self-talk and the self-response that helps them to control 
the impulses that the outer voice is trying to give them on that lower vibration. So, Norma, how, how does your work and the work that you're doing fit in with the bigger picture of what's happening on a planetary scale and all the focus on December 21st, 2012? How, how do you see all of that? Well, you know, this, that makes it an exciting event for me because this has been a slow growth for me for over 30 years of listening to the voices and writing and testing. I, after I listened for 30 years and wrote, then I went for four years around the country and tested what I was doing. And, you know, I've been kind of waiting, given that these voices have been talking to me, I've been kind of waiting for them to tell me it's time to step out of my comfort zone and really promote what they've given me in a deeper way. And when I've learned about the work, I mean, the alignment that the planets are about to step into and the fact that my work all these years has been all about alignment. And then the other thing that's so fascinating to me is that the day of the Mayan prophecies and the grand galactic alignment, December 21st, is my birthday. So to me that was a clarion call that, okay, we've been talking to you all these years, we've given you this stuff, it's your birthday, so you better get out there now and share this work so that people can connect with their authentic self, can become more aligned, and can raise their vibration so that they can really be ready for the shift, and not just ready for the shift, but informed about what to do after the shift. And do you have any sense of what the shift actually is going to be? Well, my sense at this point is that it is moving to a higher level of consciousness. What I uh, do know, what I learned about 20 years ago from my early childhood background is that children were being born in the planet who have a different structure in their heads. Their heads are structured differently. If you look at these children from a side profile, their forehead extrudes out beyond the nose. Most of us have a fairly flat forehead. Our noses protrude beyond our forehead. But these children, their foreheads protrude beyond, and then in certain cases their uh, temples also are protruding. And now I understand that these children are, high, are very likely the new, uh, the evolving humans. We're going from homo sapiens to homo luminous. And it's my connection that these children that I learned about in preschool uh, from my early childhood education understanding are the, the examples of homo luminous. So I don't think God would be preparing homo luminous as the next level of humans and by homo luminous in these children, they have stronger ability to connect spiritually because their pineal gland is now more expanded and they have this better connection. I don't think God would be creating that if he was going to wipe us all out. So <laughs> I think that the, the shift we're going to see is a shift of consciousness and that these children, this homo luminous coming into the planet, are leading the way. It's my sense, uh, similarly, and I've been, like you, work with with the children and they are, as you say, very advanced beings, and they have this knowing uh, at a deeper and more profound level than this whole concept of raising your vibration and aligning your life, for me, is exactly what we need to do because the planet is going to make this shift whether we like it or not, so we may as well jump on board and become aligned with it. My sentiments exactly. You know, uh, We know so much about how the planets affect us, so if the planets are a guide in some ways to us and they are aligning, then it's a clear clarion call to us to do the same. Stay, in, stay, in, stay aligned with the planets because the planets are aligned with us and trying to lead us to where we're going. So it makes sense to us. And with all we know about the Pleiades and the Syrians and all that, it's another, just one more evidence of that. 
So, Norman, we're coming up to the end of the show. We've probably got just a, uh, probably a minute or so left. So I'd love to give you the opportunity to, to make a final summarizing statement of, of your work and, and your connection to spirit. Well, thank you. I first want to thank you, Peter, for the opportunity to share this. This is I'm, I'm just beginning to step into, into my true gifts and talents. I had someone recently tell me something that made me realize that I need to tweak some of my dimensions, and this is definitely a step in doing that. I'm absolutely committed. My whole life has been spent in, in listening to these voices and writing as they have instructed and testing it, and I'm just, uh, just jazzed about what they've done and what happens when you do listen. And so I encourage people to really get deeper in my work. I have so much that I've done and I'd love to share. And normahollis.com will take you to everything that I have um, put together so far and help you stay connected to those things that I will be doing. And also let you know when I go on tour and where I'm going. That's N-O-R-M-A-H-O-L-L-I-S.com. And while you're on there, look for the link that's to Vibration Raising to see the product that relates to helping you to get your authenticity together, align yourself, and raise your vibration. Thank you again, Peter. I appreciate being on your call. Oh, Norma, it's been a delight having you, and you're tackling some of the most important issues that we're dealing with in the world today, so I really thank you for your commitment and involvement in that. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me. Fantastic. So my guest next week is Glenn Broughton, who is an expert on the Michael Mary ley line that runs across the country. In fact, he has slept along that ley line while he was dowsing and tracking it. And we'll be talking about the sacred sites, the ley lines, uh, sacred water, and now that we're into the crop circles in England and connecting all that together. And again, part of what we're talking about today, raising vibration, aligning ourselves with the planet and, and internally. So it'll be another very interesting show with uh, Glenn Broughton next week. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring please join host peter tongue for another edition of awakening to conscious creation next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on seventh wave network